Hey everyone, it's Pacific, and welcome back to SCP Archives, uh, sort of. Um, I don't have a full new episode for you this week, but I do have an hour and a half long interview. Uh, Jesse got a bunch of community-generated questions, and we spent an hour and a half going through all of them. Um, much of this episode is just an insight into uh, how I create stuff and how I got into SCPs, so if you're interested in that, uh, stay tuned and check it out. And just a quick and very important update, uh, we're currently moving to a new Patreon postcard method. Uh, we'll now be doing postcards every single month of the year uh, to make up for our like six-month gap last year. Um, so if you're interested in getting February's postcard, you have until January 28th to sign up at patreon.com slash scp underscore pod. And I have a few other quick pieces of news. Uh, next week on January 25th, I'll be premiering the first episode of my new true crime podcast on the SCP feed. Uh, it's called Insidious Inspirations. It's narrated by Nicole Goodnight, and it's co-written by Addison Peacock, uh, two incredible actors who you already know from SCP Archives. I'll have more information about that next week, but you can find and subscribe to Insidious Inspirations wherever you listen to podcasts right now. And last but certainly not least, SCP Archives Season 4, Project Serapis, will premiere on February 1st. Just a quick reminder, uh, this is different content than what we usually do. Project Serapis is going to be a 12-episode series all about one specific SCP entity that has been terrorizing the, an area of southern Montana for over a century. Each episode will dive into a different decade and explore how this anomaly has affected the nearby inhabitants, and all of the strange events that have occurred. I think that's it for me, but, uh, quick recap, postcards on Patreon, you have until January 28th to sign up. Next week, True Crime Podcast premieres, super excited. And the week after that, February 1st, SCP Archives Season 4. So, stay tuned for all of that and much more, and now presenting a very long and sort of awkward interview uh, with me. Enjoy. Warning. The Foundation database is classified. Unauthorized access will result in detainment. Within this archive, you'll find the procedures, descriptions, and accounts of the most notorious anomalies we've encountered to date. Secure, contain, protect. Hey everyone, it's Pacific, uh, and I'm here today with Jesse Hall, who will be asking me a variety of long and uh, personal questions, and I guess I'll answer them all. So, without further ado, I'm Pacific Obadiah, that's Jesse Hall, who rudely interrupted me. As always. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. take it away, Jesse. What questions do you have for me today? All right, Pacific, I have, and let me scroll on my document, I have ten questions of my own, not counting follow-ups. I have a lightning round, and then we have about ten community questions that I called from the uh, little thread we had on Discord. <clears throat> All right, question one. As we all well know, the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand by the group known as the Black Hand on June 28, 1914, is often cited as the reason World War I got rolling. Knowing this, I must ask you, what is your favorite color? 
This was not on the prepared list of questions. Um, it was on the prepared list. <laughs> not phrased like that. Correct. Uh, That's not the important part. <laughs> uh, my favorite color is like a mustard gold. A mustard gold? Yeah, it's like a Why? dark gold. It pairs really well with black, and I wear a lot of black, so it's it's a nice like popping accent piece. So I have like black pants and a black shirt and like a nice little gold hoodie to you know just pop. Uh, I, I dress myself. I was half expecting you to say a gold chain. I don't know why. <laughs> no, I I only wear silver jewelry. That's ridiculous. <laughs> now I dress myself like a video game character, where all of my outfits are almost the same, save for like slightly different graphics on each of my shirts and slightly different colors of hoodies. So I have like the same hoodie in like gold and red and like a teal, and I just swap between those. I'm so upset that we're basically the same person. Yeah. Except it's blue jeans, black shirt, and whatever crap I need to stay thermally aware. It's it's basically like the Borderlands 3 costume system. Like, you know how you can recolor I everything? Hate, I, yeah. I hate, I hate <laughs> that I understand and agree with that. I hate, you know exactly I, what I mean. Yeah, so... Like, I can just see it in my head. I... Oh, I'm so mad. All right. Or, or like, the, the yeah, Halo so... 3 color system. Like, you have your, your black, and then maybe, like, a, your secondary is also black or, like, a silver. And then your tertiary is that, like, pop of gold, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Classy. Classy. You know, let, let people know. I got some money. Not a lot. I got some. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, in keeping with my first formal question to you about what your favorite color is... The sinking of the luxury liner owned by the Conrad Line, named the Lusitania, on May 7, 1915, is known as the reason for America getting involved in World War I. Knowing this, what is a piece of media, be it a book, movie, song, poem, video game, or what have you, that changed you most as a person? I have been deliberating this question since you texted me <laughs> uh, your questions <laughs> at like 10 a.m. this morning, and I still do not have a good answer. Because uh, I, I could name like this... I, I could name a few big ones like Alan Wake was big in high school. There's a lot of Philip K. Dick stories I like, but I feel like the most correct answer mm-hmm. is Oxenfree, which is uh, an incredible indie game about some teens exploring uh, an island off the Pacific Northwest coast. Of course, terrible things happen to them, right? It's not a good time. No, and, and there's cool ghosts <laughs> and there's radio signals, uh, and it had it has everything that makes up, uh, in my opinion, a really good horror story. It has great comedy. It has witty banter between all of its characters. It's a dialogue-driven game, so there's lots of dialogue choices too. And uh, it is, I would say, probably the biggest inspiration for Lake Clarity. Because uh, I remember playing Night in the Woods and Oxenfree, like my freshman, sophomore year of college. Uh, and those. That explains so much. Right. <laughs> uh, and those very, very directly led me to create Lake Clarity, which is also inspired by a camping trip that I took uh, my senior year with friends before we all went off to college. And, you know, it's part coming of age story, part watching all of my childhood friends get ripped apart by. Uh, cabin-based monsters. So yeah, oxen-free. Sounds like a mental, healthy mental headspace to occupy. <laughs> I <laughs> there, 
there was a point in creating Lake Clarity where I realized I just killed like my four closest best friends in the world, uh, and like the last one, uh, my friend Jared, who uh, in Lake Clarity his uh, character's name is Mike, uh, he dies in perhaps the most gruesome way. Uh, he gets like crushed against a glass wall, and like his bones just splat. <laughs> I was in the studio writing it, and I just kind of stopped for a moment, and I was like, oh, <laughs> is, is this how I'm dealing with, like, the grief of all of my high school friends moving away to, like, other colleges? Uh, and the answer is yes. Yes, it is. Because, <laughs> like, Jared went to uh, Hawaii. Uh, my friends Aaron and Allie, or, well, Allie is Claire. Aaron and Claire uh, went to, you know, Aaron went to California. Claire went up to, like, Boulder. So we, we all, like, went very different ways. Right. Yeah. It was a good time. I just remember you seeing me. I was uh, in Mississippi, and I did in master control job there. And I'm on, the, I'm on company dime, sending you messages on Tumblr and Facebook. And you're sending me stuff like, hey, you think this is too far? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but fuck it, do it. Right. Now, I, um, for a lot of that show, we were writing it, like, sometimes, like, day of recording. Ideally, it'd be, like, the mm-hmm. weekend before <laughs> in studio, but, like, sometimes I was writing, like, page 10 while the actors were reading, like, page 2, uh, just hoping oh, that I could... Yes. <laughs> just hoping that I could, like, catch up and, like, finish the last two pages of the script before they had to start reading, which I did. I'm going to say... Four out of our eight episodes. But, you know, it worked out. It was a successful show, and obviously I got more and more into podcasting. And you made a lifelong friend. A lifelong friend to, uh... I I don't know if I can say you're a good influence, honestly. No, that's not... That's not... That is not correct at all. Yeah. I'm an influence. You are an uh... influence. (laughs) (laughs) What else you got All for right. me? So oxen free is the thing that bore into your skull. Oxen free. Yep. I guess I'll ask my next question then. Seven more. <laughs> no one's counting. What are you doing? What was the first SCP article you read? I wish I put more thought into this one. Um, I don't know. When we started the season, 087 was the first one I read. And that was, like, my Hmm. big return to SCP after, like, not reading it. Like, you know, I I got into it in a little bit in high school, and then I kind of, like, fell off for uh, two or three years. And when John first approached me to do SCP archives, uh, (laughs) this is a little shameful, I went to um, a tab on the wiki that's, like, most popular by ranking, and uh, I clicked, like, the top three. Uh, and, of course, you know, like, 173 is up there. Um, you know, was it 2461? The the dots and, like, the monster, it's all infographics. Yes. And, obviously, both really incredible SCPs, but neither make for very good audio. Uh, so, like, entry three or four was SCP-087, The Stairwell. Uh, and I read yes. it, and it, it was, like, the perfect audio script. You know, it was... Um, two characters max at any given time uh we have three ish deaths um and there's a spooky face and like there's a lot of really good description and i was like yes this is perfect uh so when we put together a test episode that was like the episode that i sent tom owens my boss 
Uh, and uh, yeah, that led to this. And it's been going great ever since. I just, I love that you, you did everything that they have in like every rom com movie. Like, <laughs> man, I really got to get my life together. Spends five minutes researching. Man, I got my life together. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. It's not even a montage. This is just happening real time. That's bad. Just like three clicks on a website. Like, oh, (laughs) I know what to do now. I'm an expert. Holy crap. This is amazing. Yeah. Question four. Know what you dream of labor, as we all well know. What job did you want as a child? Or what job did your child brain invent that you wanted to do? Uh, I have two answers. Um, when I was well, I did ask two questions. Yeah, when, when I was a, a very young child, like you know, second, third grade, I, I was absolutely fascinated by space, and um, I, I thought the idea of going to space was too scary because I, I was a very cowardly kid. I hated horror movies and was very easily frightened uh, by everything. But I loved astronauts, so I, I decided like the best dream job for me would be to make the spaceships that astronauts used to get into space. So I never had to go into space, but I could help space efforts. That obviously didn't happen because I got an, uh, a major in English and theater. Uh, <laughs> but in high school, I had a very... This is the, the fucking nerdiest dream ever. I, I was like, yeah, I'm I'm okay at art. I like theater. I like painting and drawing and animation and all these things. Uh, I'm not very particularly good at any of those. Uh, I still suck at art and most other art forms. But I thought it'd be really cool to open my own studio and then pay people who are better artists than me to make art for me, which is effectively what I'm doing right now. Oh my god, you successfully run a tax scam. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, basically. <sighs> I should have seen the signs. Yep, it's all there. When I told you that you have to get two friends to listen to podcasts, and then they have to get two friends to listen to podcasts, I thought the pyramid scheme was like easily citable, but you just kept on going. No, no, if you got a real go-getter who's in on the basement level idea they'll take it and run yeah easy peasy lemon squeezy so to everyone listening to this if you want to be a part of pacific's pyramid scheme go find two friends and tell them to listen to our podcast and then once they do that tell them to get two more friends to listen to our podcast and after 14 iterations you'll have uh, expended the entire population of earth yeah have fun with that math so then we'll make more people to and make them listen to my podcast hang on Hang on. Cloning. Hang on. Not no, mm, Or mm, bots. I don't care. Either or. That's mm, whatever gets a whatever gets the job done, right? I I I no. No, thank you. I Aliens? grew up watching all the Terminator movies. I, <laughs> I ain't about no bot people. It's fine. Listen, if Skynet likes my podcast, I think I'm in the clear, right? Listen to you bend in the knee to the oppressor. <laughs> <laughs> I mean if if Skynet is like, yeah, listen, just keep doing your thing, I think that's a pretty okay existence. This actually works really well into my next question, so I'm just going to go ahead and ask it. Please. In your own words, your own personal opinion, in the official statement of Midnight Disease Productions, <laughs> what is the allure of horror? This is a great question. 
Wikipedia famously said, and I think it was a quote of Stephen King, but I'm not sure. Um, But Wikipedia quoted someone else saying that horror is the feeling of disgust after something terrible has happened, right? You know, you watch um, a baby get eaten or you watch some dude get his head chopped off with a chainsaw and you are horrified. And while that's appealing, I think all of the really interesting stuff in horror happens in the first part, which is dread. The feeling of tension and suspense leading up to something absolutely terrible happening. Where, you know, the the kind of dread where it's like, you know this is going to end badly. You know she's going to open the door and the killer is right behind her. Uh, You know that everyone is going to die, but it hasn't happened yet. And there's a glimmer of hope, but you are just on the edge of your seat the entire time. And that is a feeling that is so unique to horror. You you don't find it in action or comedy very often. It is just just a very wonderful, unique, and very strong feeling. If I may borrow a phrase from um, Mirror's Edge 2, I can't. it's not the end of the world, but I can see it from here. Is that from Mirror's Edge 2? I believe so. God, I quote that the a quote lot. Lives, is that from Mirror's Edge? Oh, my God. Yeah, no, that's a great quote. Is that from Mirror's Edge? This is going to ruin my night. Why don't you Google real quick, Pacific? I'm scared if I do, I'll I'll disconnect myself. <laughs> huh, if only you had a, a wired connection like certain people on this call. Hmm. Like, if if I slip, my phone's already at, like, 11%, so we're, we're living on the edge right now. Oh, good Christ, Pacific. <sighs> All right. All right, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's great. It's, it's doing great. It's going great. So, question six. Not to get political, but what's the deal with birds? Um... I, I asked these questions to Sid earlier to get their re, uh, responses, mm-hmm. uh, to kind of, like, go through a mock thing. And they said, like, oh, you know, they're just little fellas. Uh, my answer is entirely different. <laughs> my god is a small finch named Gravel who wears a crown. I'll post some photos on Discord for you later. Uh, and he is a, a supreme being and should be respected. And that is my final answer. I immediately regret. I said, huh, this would be a funny thing to say. And Pacific says, no, no, I understand the assignment. I got this. <laughs> All right. Now, question seven is actually one that I wanted to hear from you because I don't think we've ever had, like, a conversation about this. I know you've talked, like, on the Discord here and there and on uh, Twitter some about this. but didn't have, like, us have a meat and potatoes discussion. So, yeah. question seven. In terms of SCP articles, what flavor of them call out to you the most and why? So is it spooky object? Is it spooky place? Is it spooky person? What's what's, what's the flavor that gets you the most and why? Uh, another excellent question. Um, I do like haunted places a lot just because I think, especially in audio, which is obviously important for our jobs, the exploration and discovery of a place is immensely interesting and satisfying you know like i I feel like location-based horror you can just do so much with um you know whether it's like Mm -hmm. monsters crawling out of the grounds or discovering like an endless time loop deep in the earth uh or a giant spaceship inside the moon like there's a lot of really cool things you can do with location-based horror not quite in the question but you know uh, same side of the coin Uh, i also really like scp articles that deal specifically about like the human side of uh, of the foundation stuff that's like 
what's a good example? Uh, Major Alexei Belotrov, right? You know, we have um, yes. a soldier from an alternate dimension who has this, like, chitinous armor melded to his skin. Uh, and he comes to our world, which is not at war with strange underground people and such. And there is no war, and there's no purpose for him. And the entire episode, you know, uh, explores a bit of his PTSD and also explores, like, you know, this doctor who's just just another person like he is who just treats him as such, you know, like he's a super tank on, you know, on legs. I can run around and destroy anything, but here he is having a quiet moment with the doctor. And that is, I think my favorite flavor of SCP, you know, it's personal. Uh, it's deeply emotionally moving oftentimes. Yes. Uh, and it's just interesting, right? You know, people get ripped up all the time, but how many times do you have this like quiet, somber moment where, you know, this dude grows old and dies and gets buried in a church, right? Just one of those, like, I, stop, I'm supposed to be mad or scared, not, not, why, why are my eyes sweating? <laughs> why is there so much sweat in my yes. eyes? What is happening? <laughs> yes, exactly that. Now, a, a, any story that can, like, emotionally move me and, like, make me cry, um, how, uh, What's the number? 3980, we did it this season, uh, Forget Me Not, which Addison narrated, you know, which is all about a memory, uh, a memory, a woman in the desert losing her memory. Uh, and that is, you know, such a deeply, like, terrifying one and also, like, deeply sad one. Uh, same for, like, Red Reality, you know. All of those stories, like, are scary in a certain lens, but more than anything are just, like, really, really sad. I want to help him. <laughs> that ain't happening. <laughs> hey y'all, Pacific here with a very quick and very brief ad break. Uh, and a reminder, ad-free and bonus episodes are available at our Patreon at patreon.com slash scp underscore pod. And now, back to the show. So, I famously hate jump scares. Mm-hmm. Because I think they're done too much and too cheaply these days. Yes, I agree. What is a horror trope you think has been overdone and can still be good if used wisely? Hmm. I feel like this one might offend a lot of people, but honestly, like, especially in the realm of, like, SCP, but also just in other, like, kind of generic sci-fi horror settings, uh, I hate the squad of faceless soldier goons who like come in and clean up the problem. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, in SCP, obviously like we have the MTF task force and, uh, in a lot of stories, like, um, they'll have pretty extensive exploration logs where like they go in, they come up, uh, they kill a bunch of people, they die in terrible, gruesome ways. Um, and then at the end of the day, everything is usually okay. Right. And, you know, kind of writing off my last question, like, you know, it's really cool action and stuff. And sometimes, you know, they're exploring really interesting things. But you either lose, like, the uh, that personal human element of the foundation or, you know, my problem is a lot of times it just kind of falls into, like, the, oh, okay, MTF is here. They're going to shoot stuff and leave. You know, I I feel like authors who use MTF really effectively – um, you know, one, give, like, their characters a lot of personality, you know. Uh, there, there's plenty of banter, and, you know, I look for stories that have, like, really good soldier banter, because it's, it's interesting, it's engaging, and if I 
you know, if I can laugh with the character, I'm going to care if they die. And, you know, that is just... You're raised... welcome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that, that just raises the stakes. But, you know, oftentimes it's like, oh, yeah, go in, shoot stuff. Oh, no, I'm dead. And it's like, well, like, what if... What if they did more, you know? Or uh, I, I think, like, containment specialists are underused. Like, I'd love to see more of, like, the, the research and investigation in SCPs, you know? Like how yes. you figure out to contain this thing or, you know, um, what it's actually doing. I think that's a thing I can agree with on you, not to, like, throw my own opinion to a question that I'm asking you, but the idea that death is the worst thing that can happen to you. Like, oh, yeah, we just lost the entire team. Like, yeah. Okay. I, like, again, you know, going back to, like, red reality, like, death isn't the worst thing. If, uh, if mm-hmm. the main character's name has escaped me, uh, like it escaped him when his brain got gooey, um, but, you know, death wasn't the worst thing. Forgetting his wife was, you know. Yes. And then forgetting his wife wasn't the worst thing. Coming back and being a pile of gooey flesh and organs was. And traumatizing his wife was the worst thing. You know, like, it's such a richer stake, right? Especially, yes. again, with MTF, like, with how often they get used and how often they die. Same with, like, D-Class, like... You know, if a D-class dies, it's like, oh, okay, whatever. You know, same with MTF. Like, they're supposed to be badass soldiers, but they die so often that they, they fail to have those high Are stakes. Are they are <laughs> supposed to be. Power creep's funny that way, I guess. Um. Yep. <laughs> Which, like, you know, I don't get me wrong. I love a good, dispensable soldier, but, again, it, you know, it, it loses the stakes. I got you. You know, speaking of losing stakes, oh, God. how weird is it having a working partnership with Rooster Teeth? <laughs> yeah, um, uh, you know, Rooster Teeth is something like I, I grew up with Rooster Teeth. I grew up with Red versus Blue and like Achievement Hunter, and you I, did, I how dare you? <laughs> and I, I feel like a lot of people my age, like you know. Uh, they're a huge inspiration, you know, like, when you first saw them do, um, you know, like, all their Let's Plays, uh, or, like, Gavin's Play Pal, you know, like, it seems like the coolest place to work, and they seem like the coolest people, I, and they are, they're super wonderful and cool people, so, of course, when we got to a level where it's like, oh, you know, we're we're doing really well on the charts, uh, I, I made a list of, like, shows that we could possibly collaborate with, and, you know, um, that, like, would help expand our audience, or, like, people who have similar audiences, and Rooster Teeth was, like, top of my list. It's like, it, it probably won't happen, but I respect them a lot. I love their comedy. I grew up with it. Uh, and, you know, they're all so incredibly talented. You know, we have, uh, we had Gus on our most recent uh, crossover episode. And, you know, he's phenomenal as Benny Slothrop. And, you know, he's just the wit and the banter that he had just on his own, right? Parabola. Parabola. Now, they... Uh, I am so glad that I got to work with them. It was like one of my bucket list items growing up was to like do something with Rooster Teeth. And uh, I got to do that this year twice. You know, um, our preseason episode, uh, All's Well That Ends Hell, also had Blaine and Chris in it. And like, you know, John and I got to go and work on their shows. Uh, you know, it's, it's such a cool experience. It is incredibly humbling to work with, you know, uh, artists and actors that I've looked up to like my entire life. I'm still mad at you about going on the plane show, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Because I was not asked to join because I went to college 
and my teacher covered a plane crash in the Dallas-Fort Worth area that he rode for the rest of his career <laughs> because it was so bad and so weird. They made a made-for-TV movie in it starring a lot of people with a lot of hairspray oh, on them. I have a copy of that movie because you can't get it anywhere else. I remember you sending me one of the last... a photo of like, it's a VHS, right? I sent you the poster. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot to look at. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, straight up had a, a wind condition that caused the plane to shear in half. And one half went one way and one half went the other. That's terrifying. And the tail end of the plane is the part where everybody survived. <laughs> Front half, no survivors. Jesus Christ. The, the tail, it was described several places by my teacher <laughs> as an escape pod jettisoning from a ship. Holy shit. Yeah. God. Yeah, that would have been a great discussion to have a bunch of plane nerds, huh? <laughs> hmm. I'm not bitter. I'll, I'll, I'll email Gus and uh, <laughs> see if we can you know, get another uh, Benny Slothrop episode <laughs> in the works. Yeah. Get Lord, Lord Stonefish on the phone. I Listen, you know, Theo likes to have uh, a lot of returning characters. I bet they would love to bring back Benny Slothrop. How dare. Yeah, DJ Slimy is a recurring character. DJ Slimy in uh, SCP-6223, Burn With Me. Oh, God. Yeah. He's in, I want to say, like, two or three episodes. He has, like, a smaller role. I don't think he, like, straight up talks and tortures people until our uh, Burn With Me episode. But he he appears in mentions of a few other articles, uh, which I'll go find and put up on our Discord later. Yay! (laughs) Thank you for that, Jesse. All right. It's what I'm here for. I did that on a terrestrial radio station once because they needed, you know, a body in a chair to say things about high school football. I was like, hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. Okay. And um, they tried to get me out of that chair as quickly as possible, but they didn't have enough people, so I got to sit in a chair. And daggers were stared in my direction, (laughs) and it had no effect. So, Pacific. So, me. Final question from me before we move on to lightning round. Who is your least favorite member of the SCP cast, and why is it Jesse Hall? Um, Ever since he messaged me on Tumblr, which, like, really? Tumblr? That's the social media platform you're going to reach out to? Uh, or reach out oh, on? He messaged you and not you messaged him. Uh, did I message you first? You messaged me first. You've done this twice now. Ever since I saw your Tumblr post and decided to message you, I knew that it was my life's goal not to make an art studio or to podcast, but to single-handedly inconvenience you. You know, not not to ruin your life because you had to have those high moments, but I had to I had to bring you down a peg or two and just so just said that you're succeeding. <laughs> <laughs> just just these little inconveniences like you know like stubbing your toe on every corner you cr- uh walk around it's the slow death that gets you no i got you death by a thousand paper cuts or mm-hmm. um two sweaty hands covered in glitter there were questions about my wedding night about like hey are you ever going to get pacific back for the glitter and i just i, I passed over them because i was going to be nice come to colorado yeah. coward Glitter fight Come you and me Alabama, right coward. now. That's too far. It's so humid <laughs> down there. Do you know what the humidity does to my hands? 
make some puddles, I assume. They sweated about the same rate. No, they're they're always puddles. It's it is arid and dry and cold in Colorado, and I am splashing around in my little recording booth. You have what eight percent battery now? How'd you know that? Yeah, it's exactly eight mm-hmm. <laughs> percent. I'm a little worried. Spy cameras coming in good. Like your internet connection. Um. <laughs> Lightning round. Fast questions, fast answers, no pass, no easy out. You must choose one of the following. I'm not ready. Peanut butter or jelly? Peanut butter. Turkey or ham? Turkey. Tater or tots? Tater. Fall or spring? Fall. Tea or coffee? Oh, coffee. Sorry, I think you said pee or coffee, and I was like, what kind of question is that? A Jesse Hall question. Uh, yeah. Bread or tortilla? Ooh, tortilla. Anime or adult swim? Adult Swim. Disgusting. Console or PC? Console. All day, every day. Disgusting. Pokemon or Digimon? Uh, I'm going to say Digimon. Got to catch them all. All right. Star Trek or Star Wars? Oh, Star Wars. Easily. Hate, hate the canon stuff, but like all the extended universe, the shows, the TVs, significantly. This is not lightning round. That's fine. Color out of space or Mandy? Ah, shit. Ooh, Mandy. Lightning round. Mm-hmm. Global Co- Coalition or Church of the Broken God? Church of the Broken God. Minecraft or Terraria? Minecraft. Coke or Dr. Pepper? Coke. Oh, God, I love Coke. The soda. I'm, I'm a religious house, fanatic. House music or dubstep? Uh, uh, dubstep, I guess. Dance Dance Revolution or Guitar Hero? Uh, Guitar Hero. And finally, Ghost in the Shell or Blade Runner? <sighs> Blade Runner. I'm so sorry, guys. <laughs> love Philip K. Dick. I, ooh, it, he got me right in high school, right in the sci-fi sweet spot. And that's the lightning rounds. <sighs> that was stressful. I'm, I'm glad two of those hit you right where you live. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we want to open up to uh, some of our community questions? I, I think you made a short list of them. Is that correct? I have a list of ten. I, th- I picked the best ones I could find. Another ten. All right. So Down to 7%. Let's do it. All right, we got this. All right, so our first community question comes in from a user. Let's see if I can pronounce this right. Owl. <laughs> they ask, Pacific, why are you such a nerd? Uh, it's a side effect of the sweat. <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect that one, did you? <laughs> I just The fact that there was an answer at all, just... Mm. That's that's all we're looking for. I thought long and hard about it. I, I assumed that question would come up, so I, I've been preparing. Oh, you knew. Yeah, I knew. As much as the Jesse Hall bit sucks, you know. <laughs> Alright. Question number two of the community. Viper in the five by five asks, What got you into SCP? And I think we've answered that sort of, which was money. <laughs> well, it wasn't money. Um, no. Uh, I, I think I've talked about this briefly in other Q and A's, but um I had worked with John Grills, our lovely host and narrator. Uh, I, I'd worked on him, on him. I'd worked with him on a few episodes of Creepy uh, when he was first getting started. We, we were in a uh, in the Audio Drama Hub community on Facebook, and yeah. uh, he, I think he had some questions about like copyright stuff and like Creative Commons. And uh, I was really into Creative Commons and copyright stuff, so I was like, "Oh, this and this and this." And also, if you need some help. I'd love to edit your show. And I, I think I bain, uh, badgered him about it like four or five times. Uh, and he finally like recorded a few episodes and he's like, all right, here you go. Uh, and of course, like 
this is like right after Small Town Horror ended, and he was like one of the big names in podcasting. So I, I was like super eager to work with him, and I think we did Smile Dog, Candle Cove, and a few other ones. Like if you listen to the first like ten creepy episodes, I did like three or four of them, and then like a year later, he was like, "Hey." I would love to do an SCP show kind of like creepy. Are you interested? And I put it off for about a year and, uh, how dare you? (laughs) I know I was in college and I was young and, uh, I think we were working on, Oh God, aftershocks and then Enoch saga, which we didn't finish. Yep. Um, and then, uh, we kind of had a gap and I was like looking for my next big, podcast project because you know like i said i was still in college i still had like some time on my hands and i really wanted to like continue podcasting uh so i shot him back a message i was like all right i'm in let's do this uh and then i i opened up the wiki and read scp 087 and we made a show and all of our lives have gotten so weird ever since yeah so actually right? that leads really well into the next community question from Mix Zorf, how do you manage so many projects? <laughs> I hate this laugh. I hate this laugh um, so much. The fun answer is I don't. The real answer is I have an extensive to-do list that I update every single morning of my life. Oh, disgusting. I know. I'm... That's so gross. I, <laughs> I have, like, terrible executive disorder, um, so if I don't, like have a list of the things I need to do and, like, what my top priorities are and, like, what are kind of optional for, like, today, but I could do tomorrow. Uh, If I don't have all of that sorted out at the start of my day, I will sit at my desk and do nothing. I will just, like, click through emails. I won't answer emails. I'll just kind of, like, read them and then mark them as unread so I come back to them later. Uh, And I I will just waste days. So every morning, usually right after I get out of the shower... Um, I'll, I'll sit down and I'll, like, I'll go through my to-do list and, and usually I make it like a week in advance. Uh, so I'll know like, oh, Tuesday I have X and Y and Z. Uh, and then like Tuesday morning, I'll go through that and like add some stuff. I'll move some stuff, you know, and just kind of resort it. And then I basically, yes, yeah, so I'd make like a list of like, okay, I'm going to start with this and move on to that. Uh, so yeah, lots, <laughs> lots and lots of to-do lists, uh, lots of planning too. My advice to anyone starting their own podcast is uh, a great pre-production makes for a good production. So if you want to have a show that runs smoothly, you should spend so much time in pre-production. Spend so much time scheduling. Spend so much time planning how you're going to execute uh, recording, how you're going to uh, finish uh, editing, when you're going to release, how you're going to release. You know, the, the more you plan in advance the easier your show will be. My eyes glazed over because I think back to the conversation we had once. (laughs) Yeah. It was during season one of SCP Archives. Mm -hmm. And you said, yeah, no, I'm just filling out a lot of spreadsheets. I said, are you having fun? You're like, oh, God. I love them. I would give up voice acting and writing if I could just fill out spreadsheets all day long. I I tasted blood (laughs) at that moment. I am not going to lie. One of the coolest things I've gotten to do this year is, like, uh, significantly less voice acting, which I do miss, but I've spent so much more time working on spreadsheets and, like, plotting and planning stuff. 
Uh, and it's just, it, it, it's so deeply satisfying. And, and I, you know, a big reason is like my first shows like Clarity and Aftershocks, we did eight episodes or 12 episodes. Like those are really short seasons and uh, it, it took us months just to work through those. But with SCP, we had to do an episode every week for 36 weeks. That's a huge order. And one that I, like, arbitrarily chose for us. I was like, yeah, that seems doable. Why not, you know? But, yeah, like, I, I sat down. And, like, even for uh, 31 Days of Horror, which I'm, like, halfway through editing right now. I just hit day 20. You know, beginning of the month, I sat down. I made a list of, like, every story that we had, uh, what was turned in, what had been recorded, what hasn't been recorded, what had been edited but didn't have music, and what had music and was, like, ready to upload. And I update that list every single day that same that same feeling that same malaise that same taste of blood <laughs> jesse right right back right there just spreadsheets I'm taking back it's like it's like that part in ratatouille mother's favorite ratatouille where the 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 the, uh, the, the critic eats the soup it's like the soup from his childhood except it's the exact opposite feeling i'm just shook back i'm on normandy i hear the explosions i hear german <laughs> everywhere and i don't speak a word of it and i'm just confused and lost in the woods and the wilds i and you're sitting here giggling at me i i'll put it like this we have our december project most uh, actually totally scheduled out at this point um we have all of uh, what will be season five which will be our march to october season next year scheduled out in addition to uh, the Hotel Season 4, which just started this month, and I put in a slot for uh, what was out of place, because uh, Ben Counter just finished Season 2. But, like, I have about 80% of 2022 plotted out right now, and if everything goes as I've plotted it currently, my hope is that by mm -hmm. February, we've already had most of the year's work done and just like ready for upload just sitting there bile is the, the blood the the, the, the burning the, the, the fire the, the, the flames <laughs> anybody that hasn't watched Clue should really watch Clue to understand what I'm doing right there same feeling though exact same feeling just schedule well cause then then that frees up my entire 2022 to tackle two new podcasts that I've wanted that I actually wanted to work on this oh year oh my sweet lord <laughs> But I, I didn't have enough time. No! I didn't have enough time. So I'm going to do all of my work for next year in the next four months of this year and finish it by, like I said, Stop. February. So then I have from March Stop. until December to just, like, write and make, like, three new shows or four, maybe five. This is why the doctor has a human companion, because otherwise they spiral into this loop you're going through right now by rote. I listen. I have a nice work-life balance. I sleep well, and I could I don't be. Don't believe you. I <laughs> I sleep eight hours a night, and I think I could be making more content. Pacific, I believe you think that's true. You could look me in the eye and say that, and I could think, yeah, they definitely believe that. However, I know better. I get four hours of sleep a day. I know what you're doing. I know what you're going through. Yes, that's eight, eight can, hours. Yeah. Can I tell you an awful truth? Mm -hmm. uh, Let's hear it. Today's my like my day off. Usually, I take weekends off to just like 
hang out with uh, my partner and and, and relax, right? Because I I work Monday through Friday, I have Mm -hmm. office hours and everything. Which, if you're working from home, incredibly important to set office hours and to, like, stop working at a certain time or else you will drive yourself crazy. I woke up this morning at 6 so I could drive my sister to work. Uh, and I came back and I was laying in bed and, uh, you know, uh, Mal was still sleeping so I didn't want to wake him up. But I was like, you know, I just, I feel like doing something. So I wrote and drafted an entire four-episode plot line for uh, a fun little short story I'm working on by 8 o'clock this morning. And that, oh, that was peak productivity right there. So we make a joke sometimes, me and the other mods when you're not around, that <laughs> we should, like, get one of those uh, child strap beds. <laughs> Just to hold you down. I was just, I was just laying in bed. You don't see the damage you're doing to this family. Don't see what you're doing. You're too close to the sun. Go back. In addition to having a really good to-do list app, I highly encourage everyone to have a really good notes app uh, because I use my notes app every single day of my life. It is like the thing that keeps me functioning so that way I can wake up at like 6 a.m. and frantically type a bunch of notes and bullet points to myself for later. See, I go old school. I have a uh, a notepad I keep on my desk on my little my bedside table. So if I wake up at 4 in the morning, I just, well, <laughs> if I'm going to bed at 4 in the morning, I just, you know, quickly scribble down whatever happens. Yeah. If I can read it in the morning, it gets typed up. And that's that's the more honest way to go about it. Yeah. Now, I, I actually very recently made the switch to digital notes. For a long time, I was, like, hardcore into my moleskin. I, and I still have, like, a work moleskin and a creative moleskin that I carry around everywhere in case I have, like, you a me. meeting or if I have, like, a story idea. But I, I tend to use those more for, like, actually sitting down and writing because I typing is fine. But, like, when I'm first writing a story, I like to handwrite it just to kind of, like force myself to like keep going but those are all my little creative mannerisms why don't you tell me what the next question is it actually works well with what we we're just talking about from one uh let's see if i'm saying this right day z uh, uh, that doesn't sound right to what's me. your favorite part of a project yeah, it sounds weird what's your favorite part of a project to work on and do you have any favorite projects? So we need you to commit the cardinal sin. Uh, choose a favorite child. Fudge pop. Um, I uh, honestly like the the pre production and planning. Um, if I can spend a day just like sending out emails and assigning things, I get this really sick, satisfying feeling because I've just sent out a bunch of work for like actors to do, like you know, recording lines. I've like sent out work for editors, and I know like deep down in my heart, like oh wow. I just started, like, you know, five different episodes into production. And I have this moment where I can just, like, sit back, and I know that somewhere someone is doing work on my behalf. And it's... Uh, there's nothing like it, Jesse. You and I don't don't uh, chase the same rushes. I know that much. The only rush that I would, like, equate this to is, like, writing... Uh, like, sitting down and writing for, like, four hours... And like finishing like an, a nice script, uh, like that that relish when you like just uh, the script just like pours out of you, and you finish, and it's like 10 p.m. and you're done, and the script it just feels right, and it's just like wow, that was it's like refreshing almost, right? You know what I mean? No. Does does creative work not like 
refresh and rejuvenate you? The last time I felt refreshed and rejuvenated after writing a script was when I finished my movie script in high school. I feel like... Every That Town script has been completed out of spite. (laughs) It is the venom leaving my body, and I give it to the world so they may take it in and go, ah, now we have the inoculation, the cure. It is in its most pure form. I, it, it feels like a video game level, right? Like, when I'm writing, it feels like I'm slowly taking progressive damage. And then when I when I finish a script, it feels like, oh, level cleared, full HP. Yeah, you know, like, you got a pouch full of coins. You can, like, spend it on upgrades. It's like, oh, cool. I'm ready for the next level now. And then usually I, I go to You and I also bed. don't play the same video game specific because I equate the writing system to like playing a Shin Megami Tensei game, <laughs> oh, which God. is, well, I got out by the skin of my teeth. That wasn't the boss. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. The boss has a second stage? Oh, no. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Question five from our loving community. This one's from SCP-106's Tooth Collection. Oh, hi, Tooth Collection. Uh, We kind of went over this, but still. How do you start writing stories, and what got you into using podcasting as a medium to tell them? Ooh, that's a really good question. Golly gosh, two things. Uh, Hmm. Uh, let me answer the second half of your question first. Uh, the reason I chose podcasting specifically is because um, I was in college and I had no budget for anything. Uh, all of my actors were like friends that I made in theater classes. Um, I was using uh, my campus's journalism office. We had like a, a radio booth uh, and I was a part of the journalism office. So I'd like reserve time in the radio booth so we could record for free usually like after classes got out at like six o'clock and deep into the night uh but i i chose podcasting specifically for one uh i guess it's my golden rule uh kiss keep it simple stupid um i did Mm -hmm. i did not have the budget to make like a cool sci-fi video uh nor the expertise on how to edit uh or anything like that but I listen to a lot of podcasts. I really like podcasts, and it seemed like that was the most that was the path of least resistance to tell the stories I wanted to tell. I knew that I could get sound effects to like have gore ripping, or I could use music to like help convey a scene. I didn't have to worry about like you know film shoots and checking out expensive equipment or like trying to find someone to edit it. I, I you know I could edit. Uh, audio myself we had the studio i had actors so it just kind of like all clicked into place for me with writing a similar rule applies you know just keep it simple stupid uh i try and keep all of my scripts very simple i try and like uh kill off any characters that are just kind of like you know uh extra like if if it's a character has like two lines i'll either do it myself or i just will omit them unless they're really important but if they're important usually i can like give them more lines Mm -hmm. but yeah no going back to it uh i think the thing that inspires me to write is i don't have an answer for this i thought i did you were building up to something and let us all down i know just like that i i get little fixations right i i will 
Yeah, I, I like to read a lot, and every good writer should read all the time. Yeah, I, I love to read Vonnegut, I love to read Stephen King, and the thing that I enjoy most about that is it gets my imagination going. You know, if I'm reading Stephen King, uh, or I'm reading Philip K. Dick, or I'm reading Isaac Asimov, I, I can often see the stories that they're uh, they're telling, right? Yeah, I know what the characters look like, I know what the locations look like, uh, and I, I can see them so clearly in my head. And from that, like, you know, I'll, I'll imagine other little aspects, like, um, you know, the Institute, uh, Stephen King novel, has, like, a sleepy little town with, like, a train station, like, uh, a train that goes by. And, you know, sometimes my mind lingers in those places, you know, what, what else happens at the train station, or what else happens around this small little town, or, you know, what happens down the road on the side of the highway, where it's only flatlands, and, you know, there's no uh, rest stops, you know, like, I, I like to fill in these little gaps, uh, and that, that tends to be where a lot of my stories come from, you know, it's, what if X happened, and what if Y did this, and then what if Z occurs, and I, I like solving these little problems for myself. I think that's the most boring answer I could give to why I like to write turned into but a little it's equation. Like eye opening. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah, no, that's the nuts and bolts. That is literally how a sausage gets made. Okay. Right. Huh. Like I you know um huh. a lot of screaming, got it. <laughs> yeah. Like in high school, uh you know, I took creative writing classes, of course. And we had this book, uh, Three Epiphany, which has a bunch of writing prompts in it. And I think the one that has always stuck with me the longest is, you know, uh, envision five characters. You know, they can be from your favorite book or TV show or, you know, your own creations. Uh, but envision five characters and lock them in a closet. You know, a small broom closet, not much room. What do they do? And it's, you know, it's a satisfying puzzle. You know, where is the closet? Is it on a space station? Are they hiding from space pirates? Uh, that's the story that I wrote. Or, you know, maybe are they on, like a ship and they're hiding from sea pirates <laughs> that's the same idea but you know like where where can you put that closet what is the relationship between these five people what do they talk about why are they in the closet you know there's so many questions that you can answer uh and there's so many reasons you can give they're in the closet because mm -hmm. uh it's a surprise party they're in the closet because of whatever else makes sense yeah i didn't answer daisy's uh, second question, did I? What is my favorite show? No. What's your What's your favorite one, Pacific? Out of place. Sorry, I was just thinking about that. Thinking about characters locked in small closets. Ben Counter. Actually, it was Travis Vengroff who who connected us. But he, yeah, he reached out to me. He's like, "Hey, this is Ben. He's uh, a really great writer. He wants to make a podcast. My place is full. Do you want to do something with him?" And uh, yeah, he wanted to make, like, a found footage-ish podcast, uh, which is right mm -hmm. up my alley. So I, I emailed Ben, and I was like, hey, that sounds really cool. Please tell me more. And making Out of Place kind of happened out of nowhere. Like, you know, it just it just happened, right? You know, he reached out, random happenstance. I didn't expect it. I didn't plan for it. But it has come as such a nice surprise, you know. Uh, the first season was just incredibly well-written. It was really fun to make, you know. It was simple in scope, but had this really cool idea that worked well in audio, had this really cool execution that worked well in audio. Uh, and then season two was even better than the first. So I think that's that's my current favorite. I 
can't believe you commit the cardinal sin of choosing one child over another. Yeah. Also, I like the idea of somebody saying, hey, Pacific, my plate is too full. Do you have some room? <laughs> and you're seeing there, like, scraping stuff over. But absolutely, buddy, do I? I have never said no to an opportunity yet. If there is... Your a... bones show that. <laughs> yeah. If there is someone who wants to do something, I will make the time to at least try to do it. Uh, just just because, like, why not, right? Like, you know, I'm... I, I'm fortunate enough to get to do podcasting full time, but even when I wasn't, uh, it was such a high priority for me that, like, you know, if, if I had someone who wanted to write a show for me, you know, how how could I say no to that? You know, it's an opportunity to work with someone new. It's an opportunity to try a new story or try a new concept. Um, and like the the worst that happens is like, oh, the story didn't work out. You know, we decide not to publish it, or oh, we got part way through and it just didn't happen and and that's fine i've had plenty of failures in my career i've had plenty of projects that started and stopped at some point uh case in point the enoch saga which is a really cool adaptation of a phenomenal sci-fi book that i love uh that you know just fell apart because of you know mostly like my own life stuff happening i was was in college (laughs) i was busy all the time but uh, it, it was fun to work on. It was fun to adapt a book. It was fun to work with an author who was, again, another really prolific and great sci-fi writer. I keep forgetting I can't nod during this because no one can see me do that. So. <laughs> nod, Anytime nod. He, he thinks, like, Jesse's not listening. He's just, no, he's he's nodding his head like a moron. I don't know. Your eyes glazed over a few times when we were talking about spreadsheets. So, I don't know. Stop, stop. I can't nod the darkness again, no. <laughs> Right. From Mr. Underscore Abel, are there any SCPs you wish were a real thing? Oh, God, now they're all horrifying. Uh, <laughs> hmm. Like, even, like, the most practical one, like the the vending machine, what was that, 184? Where you cup could just, Joe. like, order anything. Yeah, Cup of Joe. It, like, even that has such terrible, dark implications that, like... I, I would shudder to think what if it was there. Like, I know people. People are generally uh, unhinged and crazy. If you left this vending machine, like, on a college campus, eventually someone's going to, like, ask for a cup of dark matter and then implode the entire campus, right? 294. Now show those Thank you, Portal. education-loving jerks who's bust. Oh, my God. Um, God, I'm trying to think of, like, other... Interesting ones, right? Now, Tickle Monster's great, but uh, 999 uh, I think is probably the one okay one. But ooh, ooh, I have one. I actually, it might have gone removed from the wiki, and I've definitely forgotten the number. Uh, but there's one out there that's like uh, it was like a Honda Civic or you know, some small car. And it was, like, on one particular day, at one particular location, when the window was rolled up and you looked out the driver's side window, you could see these, like, strange yellow aliens all standing around. And the one person who saw them said they reportedly said, like, oh, that shouldn't be happening. We'll fix this. And then a second later disappeared, and they were never able to replicate that, uh, indicating that they're strange yet tall yellow aliens around us all the time observing us 
and they oh, that's don't so like great. to be seen. It's like a really short one, but I that's love that concept great. so much. Was it Roadside Picnic? Similar vibe? Yeah, very similar. It's like, well, we have no way of understanding what this is, so we're just going to keep on going like nothing happened. <laughs> yeah. Also, a big fan of laughing into crying back in the laughing. That proves yes. really uh, level as a person, I think. Right, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and keeping with that question, uh, from WD Cipher, how many SCP games have you played? Two. Uh, Containment Breach and Project Josie, which I think has a different name, but I know it's Project Josie. Uh, and I played that because our Secret voice Labs? actors are three. in it. Yeah, I'm in a Vinci game. How about that? Yeah, and so is Karim and Tanya and Nicole. Is that correct? I forgot who's on that roster, but that was a really fun project to work on. Uh, same kind of thing as Out of Place. Like, we just had uh, a dude reach out and was like, hey, uh, I, I think actually they connected with Tom because Tom was going to do their music. Uh, and then Tom said they needed some voices, and I was like, oh, you know, connect me, and I'll, I'll talk to them and, you know, get some voices made for their game. Hmm. We've also played Secret Labs because we had game nights for that. Oh, is Containment Breach the single player one? Se- yes. Secret Labs is what I played then. I don't, I don't think I've played the single player one. Or I'm, I might have when it like first came out, like it when I was in high school. Uh, but if if then only briefly. Don't even know where you've been to get here. Disgusting. <laughs> right. It's all a blur. All right. What else we got, Jesse? I'm, I'm going, at... to, uh, going to demolish this name from uh, Kahu, K-H-U-E. Sure. You've answered the other parts of their question because they had like a little multi-parter. So I'll ask this part instead. Where would you like to take your career? Uh, good question. I, I'm at a fun place right now where it's like, SCP is doing really well. And Time to burn it all down. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll probably continue SCP for as long as people are listening. Because uh, it, it's a fun project to work on. And, like, the, the thing I like most about the SCP community is they really value creativity and uh, unique ideas. And I, I feel like a lot of our current SCPs, you know, everything in, like, the 6000 Hub is on, like, really cutting edge of, like, the sci-fi genre and, you know, the horror genre to a degree. So Mm -hmm. I feel like... I want to continue adapting those stories because it's been really cool to see, like, what constituted uh, Foundation sci-fi horror back in, like, 2016 versus, like, the stories that we get now. Uh, And, you know, just how that evolves and changes. So yeah, I'll definitely be continuing SCP for the foreseeable future. Uh, but yeah, I really want to hop. I mean, if we keep collecting the authors on the Discord server, <laughs> we can just start mining them for more. Content. Exactly. Yeah. Come on, man. Before it hit, before it's before it hits the website. Come on, come on, give it to me. I need it. No, I I do want to scratching your arm. No. <laughs> no, I I do want to get more into writing because Margaret's Garden was like the first show I'd written since. Lake Clarity season two, which came out in like 2019 or 2018. And I, you know, since writing Market's Garden, I've just been itching to go back. Uh, so I, I do want to get back more into writing. And that's actually one of the reasons I'm like 
hoping we can do most of the next season of SCP in over like the course of the next four months because uh, then that frees up my entire 2022 to just write because writing takes forever writing is like the slowest part of making a podcast but yeah now I, I want to get more into some original writing I'd love to come back to Margaret's Garden uh, I have some I have a true crime show idea that I've been workshopping for like three months uh, that'll hopefully see the light of day someday soon yeah I don't know it, it, it de- my future is definitely in podcasting uh, I'd love to make a comic book someday. I'm very, very slowly trying to get better at drawing to make a comic book, but that's like a that's like a 2025 goal right now. So just become like one that mangaka. Yeah. Just draw real bad, but write a good story, and then other people will say, "Hey, I'm going to draw this better for you." <laughs> he says, "Bet," and then just. Yeah, basically. Now I one, one Punch Man and Mob Psycho One Hundred. <laughs> they're both. Now I, I feel like the the best ways to kind of push myself as an artist where I am right now is like I, I want to work on writing uh, a bigger and a longer story. You know, uh, SCP Season Two is the longest thing I had ever written uh, after I wrote SCP Season One. Or sorry, uh, like Clarity Season One and like Clarity Season Two. Uh, and then we wrote Margaret's Garden. Man. And Margaret's Garden was the Freud biggest thing I ever wrote. a field day with that slip. Right. <laughs> uh, I did not write SCP. I make it. It's mine. I did it all. <laughs> uh, no, but it, you know, it, it's been nice to return to writing for Margaret's Garden. So, like, the next show that I write, I want it to be even longer than Margaret's Garden. And, like, I, I have some ideas right now for, like, a 34-episode singular story with like a huge story arc that I really really want to do but yeah yeah I, I also want to like I said push myself into comics push myself into maybe a novel someday or at least like a collection of short stories uh and uh, you know comic books I'd love to do animation or video games Ugh, I want to I want to make a narrative text so badly like like a narrative you game follow text. Doc McSquiddy on Twitter. I do. They're very good. Yeah, no, they they're great. I I still need to pick up. Uh, Jesse, please remind me of the name of their game. Edios. Yes, I bought that and it is sitting on my PC right now. But I have heard such great things about it. It's like it's next on my uh, to playlist. You should. Since, you know, you created SCP Archives, uh, wrote them all yourself personally. <laughs> Each every one. Blood, tears. Each and every one. Uh, who's DJ Cactus? Who cares? Um, you should definitely check out uh, one, of their, one of his earlier games called Pyrotopic. Oh, okay. It is easily an SCP all by itself. Oh, hell yeah. Uh, it is about uh, cassette tapes. Oh. What get you high... And if you look at them too much, they change you in esoteric ways. Interesting. All right, I'm at one percent. I think it's five bucks. Oh yeah. No, you're not. I'm at one. You ain't getting off. Nah. Question nine. We ain't done. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do, let's do more of these uh, from Kaitako. I think that's how I'm saying that right. So we're just gonna go with it. Uh, what's your favorite video game franchise? Ah, uh, beans. Um. <laughs> Fuck. I mean, like, Halo is, like, the instinctive answer, because that... I put so many hours into Halo 3 when I was in, like, middle and high school. Uh, and Halo, I, I had a huge soft spot, soft spot for Halo my entire life. 
Um, God, like Alan Wake might be my favorite video game, but it's not a franchise per se until they make like Alan Wake Two, which you know, fingers crossed. Uh, but yeah, I, I think Halo Pacific. What are you on? It's part of a franchise. I kind of like. I know controls There's connected no kind of. to it. He's in the DLC, yeah, but you know, it's. You shut your there mouth. You're being really reductive, right? There now. hasn't been a proper sequel yet, and I'm listen. I've been waiting for a sequel since before What's Quantum Alan Break. Nightmare? Oh, that it, we are yeah, not. We are not getting more Quantum Break. That ain't happening. They don't even own that. I know. I did enjoy Quantum Break though. Um, t- yeah, my favorite. But they made they made Alan Wake's American Nightmare. There's a I, sequel. You're right. You just I didn't play did it. Forget it. No, I did play Alan Wake's American Nightmare. I played the hell out of Alan Wake's American Nightmare. Uh, I think I went through that game like two or three times. Fuck. Yeah, no, you're right. I'm changing my... It's Alan Wake. I, I love Alan Wake so much. That'd be an entire Let's Play of me and Ashley playing that a couple years ago. You gotta do it again with the remaster. Pass. What's that? I love that game. That's, the pass. That's so good. I mean, I'm not buying the... Uh, Dead Space remake because that looks like trash too. Why the Dead Space remake looks great? You're wrong. It looks terrible. Why is it so bright? Oh you're, my you're, god! You're, 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 you're inside a ship in space. You're contrarian. Get out of here. What's the next question, Jesse? So question ten from a spooky spicy boy. What's your setup? Uh, I'm in a closet. That is my <laughs> setup. I am recording on a Zoom H6. Uh, Zooms are my favorite microphone because they, uh, they're portable, they're field mics, so like you can toss two batteries in them and record on the go. Um, they have, uh, they're, they're technically like a, a, not a sound box, what's what's the word, Jesse? Like a board? I don't know, a field yeah. kit? A you, mixer? Yeah, a mixer, that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, so you can actually plug up to four other microphones into the H6, so if I... Well, when I've done some film work in the past, you know, I've plugged in like two boom mics, uh, and I've had like um, my field track going and my two boom mics, and just records all of them in like high quality waves. It's great. I am editing on Reaper now. I used to use uh, Adobe Audition, but I've I've since moved over to Reaper uh, just because it had some more control over like the VSTs and effects that I use. Mm-hmm. But I still I still love Adobe Audition. Uh, gosh. The first taste of poison, you never forget it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Reaper, Zoom H6. Uh, I actually just bought a new headset. Um, I bought the Arctis Pro wireless headset. Uh, I had a pair of um, Surface headphones, which were really nice because they're like noise canceling, and it's it's generally noisy in my office, so like that's really helpful when I'm editing. Uh, but now I have the Arctis Pro. Uh, they're very expensive. You know, it's like a gaming headset, but uh, they have, like, a nice little mixer box that plugs into your PC so you can, like, change your equalizer on the box and, like, update it to your headphone. It's some nerdy stuff. It's a really nice pair of headphones, and uh, I like it a lot. So I have an old man story about headsets. Wait. Are you ready for it? Yeah, let me let me plug in my phone while you're doing this. <laughs> Yeah, heaven forbid we lose you after all of this. Is he gone? He finally is. Where's my charger? Ah! Ah! You're so good at planning. You know, for all your uh, 
for all your planning and, and heads up. Mm. You're doing so great, sweetheart. We're, we're so proud of you. Oh, here's a question for you. Have you been getting those annoying ads for Facebook saying, hey, you know, you should host your podcast on on Facebook because we're really stable. And, like, I got that email I get them every day before they crashed last week. I ha- Jesse, I have five, six podcasts on Facebook, like podcast pages. I get six emails about those every other day. It drives me insane. We're doing great. We're having a great time. We're talking to a I'll best pal in the world. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. All right. You're not cutting this in post, and I'm definitely not cutting this in post. <laughs> What's the next question, Jesse? Lay it on me. Oh, no. That was all 10 of the community questions. I plucked in my phone for now. We not. have reached the end, as it were. All of that hard work. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm scrolling through our questions, and I, I, I just want to see if there's like any fun ones I can ask you real qu- quick. Nope, never mind. My iPad won't load because my Wi-Fi is dead, and I'm still using my cellular hotspot. So that's it for me, folks. Okay. Again, you're doing amazing, sweetie. Oh, here's a good one. Uh, how do you get a podcast started if you ever want to do it on your own? Uh, Make it. Just do it. Just do it. Build a pl- Press record. Hit play. B- do your thing. <laughs> build a- it's going to be terrible, so get it out of the way early. Build a blanket fort in your closet I- and be prepared to cry a lot. I mean, go listen to episode one of Tales of That Town. Boy, it's not great. And it's definitely not indicative of what the show became. <laughs> yeah. No, I... But it had to start somewhere. J- Jesse's totally right. Like, you, you just... The best way to do it is just to do it. And, you know, be okay knowing that your first episode won't be perfect. You know, like, obviously put work and time into it because you want it to be as best as it will be. But it won't be perfect, and that's okay. Uh, because the hardest part of creating is doing it and uploading it. And once you've done it once and you've figured out... You know, any shortcomings, you know, any problems you had with recording or editing. Uh, it's easy to solve those problems when you do it again for episode two. So, yeah, get a script. Thousand percent. Yeah, get a script. Do do your pre-production planning. You know, you're not going to plan for everything, but, you know, plan to have a day that you're going to record, plan to have a day that you're going to edit, uh, and plan to have a day that you want to release it. And if you want to do a big ongoing show, you know, most folks will recommend that you have, like, two or three episodes done and finished before you release your first one um and and that way you know like you know how long it takes you to do an episode if it takes you two weeks cool you can release a new episode every two weeks if it takes you a month cool do a new episode every month but whatever you choose to do make sure you do it consistently if you're going to commit to every week on tuesday make sure you upload every week on tuesday until the story's done And good luck. And have fun. The most important part is to have fun. And get listener retention. But have fun. That'll come later. If you're having fun, the, the listeners will come. They're... The first people who follow your show or who follow you on like Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or wherever, they are going to be your biggest fans and they're going to love and support everything you do. And a lot of those people will be your like family and your friends and that's great. And that's okay. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and then like the people that come after that's that true for you, my friend. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you're, you're going to have that small handful of listeners and they are, you know, a 
people who just like your art in general. Uh, and they are going to be your biggest fans, and they are going to tell your friends. So, you know, let them work their magic. You just need to focus on creating. And once you are creating every week, and once you have a set schedule, and once you have it down pat, then you can worry about promoting your show. Then you can worry about making better graphics. Then you can worry about uh, all those little small things. But you can't do any of those until the show is made and the show is ready to publish. So focus on that first. And take your time with it, right? You know, it's... You don't have to write an episode and release it the very next day. You can write it and record it and release it in six months. You know, it it's going to take time, but you want to take the time to make sure you're doing it, uh, at least to a degree where you're happy with it. And when you're happy with it, set it out into the world. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap this up before you ramble anymore. Uh, folks, thanks for coming out and joining uh, the live stream, if you're here for that. Uh, and if you weren't, thanks for tuning in on Patreon. This episode featured Pacific S. Obadiah and Jesse Hall. It was edited by Daisy McNamara and produced by Tom Owen and Brad Miska. As a reminder, our new true crime show, Insidious Inspirations, will premiere on the SCP Archives feed next Tuesday, January 25th, but you can go and subscribe to it right now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And SCP Archives Season 4, Project Serapis, will premiere on February 1st. Alright, that's it for now. Thanks for listening. <laughs>